Good morning, Raoul. Morning, Ian. And uh, here we are again for series two of Hope in a Mad World. Wow. <laughs> we need hope, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Let's ju- let's just hope people are still listening. <laughs> let's hope we're not sending them to sleep. That's right. So today we are going to look at the whole aspect of the kingdom of God and what is all that about, right? Are we going to yes. at least start to explore that as a subject? Yeah, I think so. Um, interestingly for me, this one goes right back to the uh, earliest days of my sort of sort of moving into n- newer ways of thinking, if, if you like, um, and, and beginning to sort of push out beyond what was sort of been received and taught for many years. <clears throat> and, and the old sort of paradigm thing that used to get thrown up was, you know, this is the church view and this is a kingdom view and stuff like that. And I want to resist thinking that way, but that was kind of how it originated instead of, uh, we were involved in churches, which was, you know, it was all putting the meetings on, putting the teams on, the evangelism programs, the worship programs. And so because you're set to an agenda and you're run by an agenda, you don't have to ask too many questions. You know what to do in many, in many cases. Um, but that'll only get you so far. It'll it'll deliver church. But if you want to get further and push us in, in, into bigger dimensions, uh, if you want to take your faith into other dimensions, into <clears throat> into your home, into your neighbourhood, into your workplace, uh, I- I- into your city, whatever else, you can't put a worship meeting on in most cases. So how, how do you begin to find your way forward? Where's the roadmap? And the building blocks of kingdom that I um, sort of came to was very simply this, and it's, it sounds so oversimple. So I just want to say slowly and carefully and deliberately because it's it is very difficult to simplify things. We're so good at making things complex. Let's start off with the basics. Jesus taught in terms of the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom was the the priority for Jesus in his teaching, he says, seek first the kingdom. Right. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And then he says, when he's praying the Lord's Prayer, he says, um, the first request is your kingdom come. So it's mm-hmm. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come is the first request in that. Um, so that's got to get our attention. And then Jesus, many of his parables, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Uh, so so for Jesus, the kingdom was a a, a central way of understanding what yeah, he was And he doing. talks about the gospel of the kingdom, right? So not the gospel of salvation, which is what I think. Often when we talk <laughs> about the gospel, yeah. we're talking about the gospel of the king of the, of, of salvation. Yeah. Whereas when Jesus talked about the gospel, he's talking about the gospel of the kingdom. He, he is, right. and that unpacks a huge amount. We'll we come back to that maybe a bit later. But, uh, so, so how do you orient yourself? How do you create a map and uh, an understanding in the kingdom? Well, a good way to start is start with the king hmm. rather than start with something else and work towards that. So Jesus is the king. I think we can agree this. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Okay. So we have a king. Then then the question is, what is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is the kingdom, dom being the the shortening of the word dominion. So it's the dominion. It's the rule and reign of the king. So when we're talking about the kingdom, let's demystify it and simplify it. We're talking about the dominion, the rule and reign of a king. How does the rule and reign of a king come? The rule and reign of a king comes when that king's subjects do what that king wants. Right. So to to bring that back into a Christian uh, sort of picture, if Jesus is the king, what is Jesus saying and how do we do it? Because when we do what the king is saying, the kingdom has come. Okay. Yep. And that seems so simple if, in a sense, but we've got to really get to grips with that core building block because otherwise we can very easily uh, find ourselves drifting in our thinking and we get into um, 
confusion and unproductive uh, and, and frustrating space. So sometimes you hear people teaching about the kingdom and it's almost like um, an enhanced, elevated level of experience of Christianity. It's like Christianity plus, you know, um, with extra cream and chocolate on, on top, you know, but, and marshmallows. But it's, yeah. uh, it's actually none of that. It, it, yeah. the, the kingdom of heaven is simply when we do what the king says, when the rule and reign of the king happens on earth. And it makes sense of those verses that talk about us being ambassadors, right? Because yep. an ambassador is a representative of the king to bring the dominion of that king to a situation. Yes, and if we want to be a bit theological about this, just go back, the scriptures say in Psalms, the heavens belong to God, but the earth has been given to men. And we know that in the Garden of Eden, humanity ceded its authority in the earth uh, and fell under the rule of a tyrant. And Jesus is the restoration of godly authority and godly order because he's the son of his father and he's the king. Uh, and so the king is bringing the kingdom and as things come under the rule of Jesus, who has been born a man, he's been born of the flesh, then the earth, which has been given to men, comes under his rule. So in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all I've commanded you, and I am with you until the end of the age. So let's go into all the world dimensionally and I'm with you to the end of the age. This is the Great Commission. And the principle is, I'm the king, I have all authority. You know what I've taught you, now go and teach others to do the same. Right. That's the that's the heart of the kingdom, the mechanics of it. So if we bring it, you know, from that sort of very grand picture back down to our life, you know, uh, everyone's gonna face a situation tomorrow um, and some of those situations may be difficult or there may be situations that we've not done so well on in the past and and so on. And we go, oh, what do I do here? Well, a kingdom approach, the kingdom approach would be to get, get a piece of paper and write on it, what is Jesus saying? Okay. Hmm. okay, And then find out what he's saying and write that down. And then you say, what am I going to go do about it? I'm going to do what he said and how can I do that? And then just execute that. Now, if you do that, you have a kingdom response to that situation. Right. Now, hearing God, uh, I think there are three ways. There could be more. Uh, you, you, you may have a view on this, but we can hear him through scripture. We can hear him through community, and we can hear him through the spirit. Scripture, obviously, is reading the Bible. God will talk to us. Community is as we talk about things, suddenly something comes in the conversation where you hear God clearly bringing some insight or input or by the spirit, there could be a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy or um, a dream or other ways that God speaks to us. Those are the three ways we hear the King. And I mean, one of the things you and I are going to come back to at some point is the whole thing of consensus because that community dimension of making sure we're validating what the King is saying. Yeah. I I think it's, just to just to outline that a little bit here, because I think one of the problems that we have, particularly in Western Christianity, is that you know there's a a very individualistic spirit that is around, or individualistic lifestyle, or however we want to put that, where our freedoms, our will, our rights are all the issue. I feared God, therefore I am going to do it. You know, and uh, the problem is is that. We need to have a community aspect to that where it is weighed within the community. You know, the manifold wisdom of God is known upon the earth through the church, right? It's through the community. There's another way of putting that. And I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just substituting church for community because as yep. soon as we say church, we think we know what we mean. But yep. often that's organizational. That's, you know, that's a, a construct rather than a, a group of people that are in relationship with one yep. another, which yep. I think is the, the essence of real church. Yep. So um, so if we want to know the manifold wisdom of God, in other words, what is Jesus saying? What yep. is the king saying? Yep. It really has to come through community. Yeah, it, I, I don't mean it has to come through community in the sense that, 
the community has to speak it, mm. but it certainly needs to be weighed in the in the midst of community together. And I think that's a, that's an important aspect of it. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, look, we, we were talking this this whole thing's about the kingdom, yeah. <clears throat> and there are two pieces to this. Find out what the king is saying and do it, okay? Yeah. And, and we're talking about what yeah. the king is saying. So this is really worth mm. spending a bit of time on to, to get this right. If if someone was to have a problem with what you just said, yeah. oh, I'm not sure about this community angle on yeah. this. You know, I hear God well enough on my own. Mm. Well, let's go to Scripture. Scripture says that all prophecy should be weighed. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, you don't get to weigh your own prophecy. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and why? Because I think the whole aspect of community is really important. Yeah. And we kind of touched on community <clears throat> in series one. We'll probably come back to it again, probably in series 52. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, the whole aspect of why is community so important? Why is the church so important to God? Hmm. Because it reflects who he is. If we want to reflect who God is upon the earth, mm. we have to be in community. I don't think there's, it's not that we might need to be. It's no, we have to be because mm. if we are not in community, then we are not reflecting who God is because mm. God is not an individual. Yep. Right. He's yep. a community. Yep. Make us make, make them in our image. Mm. Right, yes. so so it's what what is the image? The image is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working beautifully together in a, uh, you know, I love the um, I, I I think it's um, Raw says in the divine dance of the Trinity. You know, oh, there, wow. there, there's a beautiful choreographed aspect to how God relates to one another, how the yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relates to one another, yeah. right? There's a, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to behold because it's all based around honor and giving each other mm. glory mm. and bringing glory to each other. Very good. So uh, within the context of church, that's what we should be like. Mm. You know, Jesus said in, in, in John 17, they, they might be one as we are one. It's not about unity, which often unity is seen. I, I, if I'm just going to do the because it's more about our understanding of unity. Mm. It's I would say it's not about unity; it's about oneness. It's about us coming to a oneness of heart and mind. Mm. It's yeah, and oneness isn't about um, total agreement. Mm. It's about what's doing for the best of the whole. Yeah. So it's 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 a different it's a different kind of thing to look at, mm. and when we look at you know, Jesus, uh, sorry, God, the father says, you know, or God says, um, he looks at what he'd made and he said, this is not good. When he looked at just Adam, Adam's mm. just there. Yeah. It's just Adam. Yeah. And, you know, did Adam have a good relationship with God? Yes, mm. of course he did. <laughs> you know, this is before the fall. So this is all this stuff going on. Um, but God says it's not good. Why wasn't it good? Because it didn't reflect who he was. Yes. Yep. Adam was alone. He needs to have a companion. Hmm. That's what that's what God is saying in those early chapters in, in Genesis. However, you read the, how yep. they are. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's like okay, when God looks at us and we say, "It's all about me," I can decide. God says that is not good. Hmm. Yeah, very good. That's the reality. Very so, good. community is really important when we're understanding the kingdom. It, right, it, it is good, and I'm, I'm just thinking. In- uh, again, we want to be community on earth as God is in community yeah, exactly. because it's his kingdom come on earth as, it as is in heaven. heaven. Yeah. And uh, it, it, these things sit together so well, don't they? Uh, so, so, so what we're saying is we hear God, what God's saying about yeah. a particular situation through community. And as you, as you pointed yeah. out, the manifold wisdom of God comes through many voices uh, there's there's a couple of pictures in, in in scripture where it talks about the voice of god sounding like rushing waters and rushing waters elsewhere are referenced in scriptures as being like the sound of many voices yeah it's because it's almost like the more people you listen to the clearer you hear god yeah this is saying yeah and the more people you hear and th- this is not a piece of progressivism this is a piece of I think dem- you can demonstrate this from scripture mm. that we need the voices of men and women and children and people from different yeah. 
communities and ethnicities and nations and political persuasions and ages. We need that complete diversity to get that clear picture. Exactly. And, uh, you know, this and is... that's not progressive. That's not a political point. No. That's not a progressive point. That's, I think you can demonstrate that from Scripture. Yeah. And I think that what's, what's important to understand, that, you know, one of the things that really worries me about the world in which we live now, mm. right, and, you know, is, is the polarization that we are seeing, mm. right? Po- whether it's politically, religiously, what, uh, socially, there's a polarization that's happening, yeah. right? That worries me mm. because it's that people will not hear each other. You know, some some people won't even listen to one another. But mm. there's a difference between listening and hearing, mm. right? Sometimes we're listening to answer the argument. I see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. and that that's probably the best that we've got right now. Often people won't even listen. Mm. They shouting over one another, yeah. and they, you, do you know, we. But actually, are we are we listening to hear? to hear what the other person is mm. saying, to understand what the other person is saying, and to allow it to affect how we think. Mm. Because the reality is, is that if you're right wing, you need left wing yep. to yep. find the mind of God. <clears throat> yep. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> if you are, if you're, if you're this way, you need the other to understand God. If you are, a Brit, white British male, mm. you need to hear all kinds of other what voices, colours, diversities, genders to understand God because God has made diversity in order that we can find the whole thing, yeah. right? So yeah. so it's like, it's you know, another way of looking at this is is that um, uh, <clears throat> the it's, it's like a stained glass window. Okay, if you just have one color mm. and one shape, it's nice, mm. but it's not the full picture. The beauty comes actually out of allowing the brokenness of different colors mm-hmm. to come together to make the whole picture. Yeah. You know, and I love that because I, I think mm. we're all broken. I, mm. I don't care who you are, you're broken. Yeah. You, you have a measure of brokenness in you. Yeah. But if you bring that together with other people, you find the whole picture and the whole beauty of God. Yeah. A stained glass window is ma- made up of many different, diverse colors and shapes. Very but good. It, it it becomes beautiful by yeah. becoming together and hearing one yeah, another, yeah, yeah. and that I think is is is, is where yeah. we are with that. Uh, do you know, just as as we're having this conversation, I'm I'm just conscious that for some people listening, the big issue may yeah. be that hearing God from different and unexpected sources may be the key to breakthrough in the kingdom for many. Cause that's yeah. just where I, mean, I, I yeah. just think of so many points in the Bible. It says, um, uh, there is wisdom in the counsel of many. Yeah. Is, is one of the things. And then it says, um, we plural yeah. have the mind of Christ. Yeah. That's I don't have the mind of Christ, but we may. <laughs> the, yeah. next thing. the next thing it says is this, uh, it says that, that the manifold wisdom of God, uh, and therefore there's a multiplicity to it. The Bible says that we see in part. Yeah. Now, if we see in part, how can... I mean, I mean, there's a theological foundation that says that no individual can fully represent Christ mm. or teach or, or, or prophesy or whatever else, or even show up as Jesus in a situation, you can't do it on your own. Because <laughs> no. we see in part, and we see through a glass darkly. darkly. So even what we see is um, limited yeah. and constrained, yeah. and therefore we need what other people have seen yeah. to add greater light and wisdom and colour. And So this might be a battle for some people, Yeah. but if you want to see the kingdom of heaven come on earth into all the earth until the end of the age, then recognizing that God speaks through community and that because all prophecy should be weighed, that I need to submit what I bring and what I say to community to find a better, clearer um, representation of what God is saying now. Bring all that back to a a, a practical. These things work in domains. So 
there are domains in our life and there are communities that are relevant to domains. So for example, I wouldn't talk to my work colleagues about a situation I need to be dealing with in the home with my wife. Yeah. It'll be, there are domains here, yeah. okay? So what I have found really valuable over the past 20 years, and I don't speak as someone, I don't think of myself as a very, very successful husband and father, but I, I see myself as someone improving <laughs> and one of the keys to having learned to improve is to to it has become a conviction uh, and i know it's the same for you that i don't hear god for my family sufficiently i need to hear what god is speaking through my wife and i need to make sure that on any is- big issue that we're dealing with in our family that we've talked this through we've heard as you say yeah. not listened but heard yeah. each other and that the decisions we make reflect what God is speaking to the both of us, and that's way as as a, that's the way as a leader. I've I've got responsibility to make sure that process happened at home, so that what we do as a couple and what we do as a family has taken account of what God has spoken through the both of us, not just to me. Yeah. So that is a hearing God, and the, the next step is a, is getting into doing it, which is a totally different thing, but. <laughs> If you want to see the kingdom come, you've got to hear God. And, you know, we're, we're pretty good at the, the spirit bit. Like, you know, my, I've got my gut feeling on this, and I think God speaks through our gut feeling. He speaks through our wisdom and experience. He speaks through dreams, um, insights, prophetic words, all these kinds of things. Speaks through the Bible as you're reading your Bible. But then you've got to bring that back to the community that has responsibility yeah. for that domain yeah. and validate it. Mm-hmm. And say, this is what I think God's saying. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's that's right. And 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 coming back to the family thing, and even hearing the kids, right? It's it's because He's given you they they have insight that you don't have as well. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so I just uh, it's not and you know people immediately start thinking, well, I'm not going to be led by my kids. It's not about being led by your kids. It's about hearing them mm. and hearing what God is saying through them, mm. um, and and people from the work in the world as well mm. so if in at work you know it's like well yeah but they're not but they're not believers ian yeah. but well well actually god speaks through a donkey right i mean do you, do you know what I mean the, well, the, well, let, let's, no, let me yeah let me take your point then and, and elevate it a yeah. bit above the donkey um if you if you've listened to the testimony of anyone who's become a christian they'll, they'll talk to you very often they'll say for years before they made a point of decision they'll say God spoke to me in this situation and this happened and, and I had this dream there and someone gave me wisdom there and this happened and later on down the line they become a believer and make a commitment to walk with God. Yeah. But they have a history of hearing God. Now we validate that but because we just listened to their testimony we said, well, that's great. But w- what we don't validate sufficiently is that our colleagues around us are hearing God the whole time. Whether or not they've made a submission to God or uh, they made a submission to God, whether or not they submitted their lives to God consciously or wherever they are on their journey they are still hearing because god is speaking and if you so if you're in a work situation and you we've got um a, a colleague who is not consciously walking with god let's say uh, and you can go to them and say look this is what i feel about this situation what do you think what do you, what's your then there's a good chance that what's coming through them is something they've been hearing from god either through their conscience or through another way that God could be speaking, and actually by going through this this kingdom process of valuing what they have to bring within their domain, which is where God has appointed them yeah. and equipped them, and why would He not be speaking to them, even if they've not made a decision to follow Him yet? God spoke to Pharaoh through dreams. He spoke to Nebuchadnezzar yeah. through dreams. Yeah. Um, so. You know, the, the scripture supports this yeah. all the way through. And actually, perhaps if we're working with colleagues and we begin to pull on them in this way, it might pull the kingdom into that yeah. environment in a way we'd never seen possible. Because the, the, that whole as, the whole aspect of hearing one another is about giving giving honor to one another right that 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 that's the way i w- i would talk about that yeah consent i often say when i'm teaching on or, or, or discipling or or coaching mentoring on on consensus if you don't have honor as the kind of framework it won't work hmm. right yeah. so another way of thinking about honor is giving it its appropriate weight <clears throat> 
right? So I give your experience its appropriate weight. Yeah. Your expertise its appropriate weight. Yeah. You know, I don't overdo that. I don't undercook it either. You know, so so it's it's really about how do we give honor to one another? How do we give weight to one another? How do we lift others up around us, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> you know, how do, another way of putting that is how do we serve one another yep. to get the best from one another? So Raul can be the best that Raul can be, Yep. right? So when I'm at work, I'm looking to do that. So, so uh, you know, bringing it back to this whole kingdom aspect, it's actually bringing that sense of God's dominion God's dominion isn't about oppression. It isn't about ruling. It isn't about um, making people do what they want. It's about lifting them up to be who he's created them to yeah, be. Yeah, very good. And <clears throat> you are recognizing with them and dealing with them in their God-created and God-ordained mode, and that's going to help them along the path exactly. to, to become... Another way of thinking about this, right, is that we are calling out the image of God that is in them. Yeah, very good. And right? This is why, this is why, remember I said at the beginning, there was this kind of church versus kingdom idea. Yeah. I think a church mindset, and I don't want to, I'm not here to knock the church, it's not what this is about, but it's just saying it gets us so far, but not a lot further. Um, a church mindset can't address the boardroom or a family where there's, the people are inverted commas, not walking with God, but a kingdom mindset can. Yeah, it reaches in there because you can bring the rule and reign of Jesus in yeah. the earth. Yeah, and they may not come to the worship meeting, but they can begin to learn to hear God through each other, and to say, "Well, let's let's you know we don't make decisions unless so unless we've brought everybody's opinion in and thought it and discussed it, and then we 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 think you know this is the right way forward, and then." There's an there's an unredeemed version of that, but there's also an intentional one that wants to bring honor, and where maybe believers are working and present among it yeah. and praying for God to bring change and so on, where you really do see the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus expand and yeah. life and goodness and things come. That, that, that's just an interesting point, Ryle, in the sense that, um, you know, I I've become more and more convinced that. Uh, <laughs> that we need to be actually discipling people before. You know, they they kind of come to that that place of following Jesus. You know, we I think the danger there's two dangers. One is is that we think all the discipleship happens after after that decision. Mm. The other is that we never get to helping people come to follow Jesus and know Jesus. You mm. know, and you know our friend Florian from Switzerland. I remember him saying, uh, you know, the the kingdom without the king is just dumb. And I just <laughs> That's very clever. From a non-English speaker. I, I, what was interesting, I yeah. don't think he realised what he was saying. Because yeah, yeah, when yeah. we all started laughing and going, oh, that's brilliant. He's, I, I don't think he, re he really understood that himself yeah. at that point. But it's a, just a great, that because that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, the kingdom without, the, the, the kingdom essence without the king is just a better life yeah. for people. Mm. But that doesn't bring meaning and real hope to their life, right? Mm. So we do need to bring that essence of the king in. And we, we do need to make sure that we are introducing people to the person of Jesus, who mm. he is, you know, the word of yeah. God. You know, that that's so important for, yeah. for for what we're doing. But I just think that that, that's, uh, that whole idea of, how do we disciple people? How do we help them so that when they when they suddenly realize they're following Jesus, they want to follow Jesus, they've met Jesus, you know, they 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 need Jesus in in their life. You know, mm. it's when they've done that, it's not such a massive swing for them because suddenly they've already they're already starting to think and live yeah. and have the parent. In a sense, they are coming to repentance. They're having a change of mind already, right? Well, I I, I think I'd even. Just, just, just yeah. a bit more. I think they come to a point of recognition. Yeah, yeah. Because when they started off following the King, so when you said when they follow Jesus, well, everything here at all is following Jesus. Yeah. Now, whether they're consciously following Jesus, whether they're where they are, but they haven't kind of made it, you know that decision yeah. in their life to make whatever. We, you know, we're not there. But back to that image of someone giving their testimony and, and talking about how things have gone through their life you're just talking about someone coming along into that person's life and then helping them to hear jesus and walk along with him 
and it's so they are learning to follow him and at some point they come to a point where they um come to allegiance. deal with the, yeah they deal with the lordship of jesus yeah, yeah. over their life yeah. now it, it may be i don't want to you know but we, we may wonder how, how far you can follow jesus without knowing but I'll, I'll just put this jesus said many would come on that day and say lord when did we do this for you when did we do that for you and he said in as much as you did it to one of the least of my brethren you were doing it for me enter into your rest yeah. these are people who did not expect rest and they came to rest mm. and so what i'm saying is we have this categorical idea of in and out as christians i'm a christian they're a non-christian this is a christian song that's a non-christian song this is a christian business that's a non-christian business this is a christian country that's a non-christian country we're in or out and i think it I, I think it it kind of just it it's a loggerheads with the kingdom. The kingdom idea is that it's like a yeast that works through the whole dough and spreads throughout the whole earth, becoming a mighty tree. If you want, um, like the, the seed, was it um, mustard, mustard seed, seed mm-hmm. become a mighty tree that the birds of the air nest mm-hmm. in, and, and so on. So, and that this is the teaching of Jesus, and we're talking about working with Jesus in non-christian families non-christian businesses non-christian schools non-christian countries i remember years ago someone and this was about 30 years ago people were in an apostolic team saying yeah we're wrestling with the idea of how do you disciple a nation well i think what we've described here it's a very simple principle Mm. that you can scale up to disciple an individual disciple a family disciple a community disciple a business disciple a nation because it could be that the nation is saying what do we do about this? Mm. And you, if you're in that position, um, and most of us won't be, but Daniel was. And Daniel, in fact, Daniel was higher than that because uh, Babylon was an empire. That was a, a, a you know, his king of kings, not just a king. Mm. So, um, so, so Daniel brought about the discipleship of the Babylonian empire. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar, through the dreams and interpretations of dreams, came about and he brought proclamations about so therefore um, everybody is to worship this god and to give him honor that's discipling a nation yeah yeah <laughs> this right. is so th- this is through scripture and look if anyone's listening to us and going oh yes but the bible says there's an eye is you could be right you know but don't bin this mm. work on it and make it better because you know yeah. we're not putting this forward as yeah. we've got this bagged we don't we've just yeah. learned some principles that we've begun to find have traction and work and you know what most people are hungry for this anyway people have problems with church and the name of jesus and other things like that because they there's all kinds of things going on in the world not just because they hate god most people don't hate god most people have never tasted and seen because if they tasted and seen they would have tasted and seen that he is good and most, but Jesus said, was at the says in Mark, says the common people heard him gladly. Most people will welcome this, and you know what? People of different religions will welcome this as well. You can disciple communities of people who think they're in other religions mm. to begin to walk with Jesus, <laughs> because we're all created. There's only one God who created us. There's only one God who redeemed us. There's only one source of wisdom. There's only one source of goodness. We're only created in the image of one Creator. Yeah. And when we do what that creator said and we honor what he has said and yeah. done, you may think you're a different religion, but suddenly you're walking with yeah. the creator. Now, just just to be clear here for, <laughs> for our listeners, <laughs> you know, but there is only one gate and there is only one way yep. to know that God, right? Yep. Uh, to to know him as because we have seen Jesus, yep. right? So, yep. so, uh, so this isn't some kind of universalist interfaith. No stuff but what what we're trying to say is is that if we approach it from an us and them situation there's always going to be us and them whereas god actually wants us to be like yeast in the bread i think that's a great illustration yeah. it's, it's, and it's, also yeah. we are not we and you know I've, I've gone back to reading a number of the parables of jesus recently and i've just been reading the the, the sheep and the goats the tears and the wheat mm. you know it all comes at the end of time yeah and the problem is we want to do it now as we go along and we're not called to do that. That isn't that isn't what we call no. to. And Jesus said, "Many will say that they knew me and even did miracles in my name, but I yep. did I did not know them." You know, so so it's. I think it's a. It, <laughs> I think we might be surprised 
by who is there and who isn't. <laughs> I just do. I just have that 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 sense. But just just to say, one of the things that. Um, sorry, Ron. Did you want to I've, come in on that? You said before? I, you I said, changed, I think, changed the subject a little no, bit. You in the said middle. I think we may be surprised. Yeah. Now, let me put it in biblical language. The king said we would be surprised. surprised. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. If there are people listening to this who who, who, who seek to be really faithful yeah. to scripture and find this, you know, raises all kinds of bells and whistles and, and, and problems and flags and alarms, just ask you to consider that that there's a the biblical basis for much of this mm. what we are not listen let's be clear there is one god okay yeah. there is there's one king and he's yeah. the person of jesus there is uh, salvation was only ever made possible through what happened at the cross yeah. if the cross never happened we'd uh, be a massive there would there'd be no salvation okay but where we christians get it wrong is when we say you're in you're out yeah that's we've moved into yeah. uh, we've moved into a domain of judgment we don't God did not invite us to, like you said he said let the tares grow with the wheat. Yeah. Now we, that means we need to learn to work in fields where there are tares and we we just don't know sometimes, yeah. Yeah. but we can help everybody all the time to hear the King and to do it. And the discipleship principle, sorry, be the next one. Sorry, yeah. I'll come yeah. come back and let yeah. you back in. Um, the discipleship principle is to say well. That's you have now heard what God is saying to you. We can't tell you what God's saying. You've heard God. The question is, how do you do that? Well, you may need some wisdom to that, at least some application. There may need some support or some encouragement or some um, uh, accountability or you know working that out. The second dimension of bringing the kingdom is is a whole other piece in itself. But these two together, I think, is what Jesus laid. Mm as the building blocks of the kingdom coming. And it can happen within church. It can happen without church. I suspect my suspicion has grown that God is doing more outside the building of the church than he's doing inside the building of the church. And that's not a um, uh, an anti-church statement. It's a statement of um, the world is much bigger than the church. Yeah. Okay. And God so loved the world that he gave his son yeah. and and what, what I'm saying is we know for a fact that everybody who tells their testimony of how God was working in their life before they became a believer and joined the church, therefore, by definition, he's working out there. Okay. So we're just learning to work with him in that space. Yeah. So, I think and that, that just feeds nicely into what I was going to say, because I think for me, I think I, a number of years ago, 10, 20 years ago, I, I kind of had three th- massive theolo- theological shifts. Mm. One of them was from, uh, gospel of what I call the gospel of the church to the mm. gospel of the kingdom. Mm. And I suddenly realized that in a sense, I'm preaching for the gospel of the church, mm. you know, in, in the sense that the church is the thing, the church is the most important thing. The church is the agent of the kingdom. That, mm. that, you know, and, and I had a total theological shift from that, realizing mm. it is too small a thing mm. actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's something bigger than, yeah. than that. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? What comes first, the kingdom or the church? Mm. You know, now my, my sense is, is that, that when the kingdom comes, the church is the fruit. Right? In the sense that... The church being the body. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the, sense, that, in the sense that when we bring the rule and the dominion of God, jesus into a situation mm. out of that comes communities of faith yeah yeah communities of the church mm. now does the church then become an agent of the of course it well if it did let me put it this way if it isn't an agent of the kingdom at that point and i, I think there is a situation where we could argue it isn't um <laughs> in certain aspects and mm. this again this sounds anti-church it's not anti-church i i'm i i love the church yeah. i just i just don't love the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think when we make it an institution, mm. that becomes the problem, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's about relationship. It's about, it's, it's about fellowship. It's about commitment to one another. It's mm. about finding Jesus in the midst. It's all of those things, you know, it's being, it's being committed to, to that. I, I, I love the church, mm. but there's something wider than that. There's something 
there's something bigger than that. If it's just the church, it becomes its own, yeah. which it, yeah. it becomes its own subculture and its own little bubble, and yeah. it becomes irrelevant to the yeah. rest of the world. Yeah. You know, and it, it should never be that. It should be the most relevant body yeah. for the world because it's bringing the life of Jesus to the world. Yeah, that's right. It, it, I think if you go and read early church history and how it um, transformed over the centuries into the established church that we know and so on, and you look at those sort of mechanics and the steps that went on in there, you can trace a move from a, a kingdom way of thinking to an institutional way of thinking. An, an institutional way of thinking says, this is what you're to do, and this is how you do it. Yeah. To become kingdom, we've got to say, what is the king saying, and how do I do that? Yeah. And that's where they get the gap opens up. And some people won't make can't make that jump no. they won't be able to no. and that's a tragedy for their life i don't necessarily believe it means they'll be um separated from god forever i just think it means they may not in, you know, experience and inherit all that god had for them in this life yeah. okay which would be a tragedy yeah. but let's be clear jesus didn't come to plant the church yeah. jesus said this his his words were i will build my church and he was possessive as I and my. Yeah. Okay. He said, but to you, I give the keys of the kingdom. You go do kingdom. I'll do the church. Yeah. And in fact, in terms of church planting, Jesus says more in scripture about removing churches, removing candlesticks, closing churches down and scattering. than he does about planting and growing and expanding. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying, if you want to deal with the Bible, this is the, the roots of it. So, um, and we've got to be honest about that. We've got to be honest about it and say, what is good? Keep it. What is not good? Pass it. You know, put put it behind us. And move on. Um, and as I say, some people may not. Won't, some people won't need. Let's let's say you're the leader of a big church or you're leader of a big church group. I can tell you this: the same principle applies. Go and find out what Jesus is saying, and find out how to do that, and you'll bring kingdom even in the middle. So this isn't about in or out again we're resisting the inner out yeah. it's the, the earth is the lord's and everything in it yeah. god so loved the world that he gave his only son um it, it through through god so, so through christ god has reconciled all things in heaven and on earth i mean if we want to really open a can of worms we could talk about what does it mean he's reconciled all things in heaven i have no idea that's beyond <laughs> what i'm saying but god has reconciled all things yeah. on earth to himself god doesn't have a problem yeah. with this uh it's we, with our limited mindset, and look, let, let, let's give ourselves a pass here. Why did Christians end up so focused on the gospel of salvation? It's because of the thousand years, really, from about 1400, so from 400 to 1400, we were pretty much, the Christianity was a Latin, it was religion taught in Latin. Uh, it wasn't a religion of the common people, and you were told that you know, you were going to hell and only the church could provide the means of grace of salvation. So fundamentally, people were troubled about their the status of salvation. Are they saved? Do they have hope for the future? Am I in? Am I out? The greatest weapon the church had was excommunication. It would put you outside of that community and therefore um, sentence you to eternal damnation. Hmm. The Reformation, when it came through Martin Luther, addressed the question, are we saved? Are we okay? You know, okay. and he said, yeah, look, sola scriptura, you know, through the Bible, through faith, through believing. This is how salvation comes. It's not through indulgences. So really the Reformation was about, it was the gospel of salvation. It was unpacking it, saying gospel is, the, the salvation is a free gift of God mm. to all who believe. So let's thank God and honor him for that. But it only dealt with that fear and anxiety. And if, if you want to see a bit more of that, go through the cathedrals, medieval cathedrals. You'll see chantry chapels where the wealthy people could spend money on priests to, to pray souls, so to pray and say prayers for their souls uh, for years to come afterwards. Um, it, certainly England is full of those, that sort of stuff. You can go and look at the architecture of this anxiety that I've been talking about. But So we have the gospel of salvation, but what God's bringing understanding of i think is you say gospel of kingdom which is that and i think this is the biggest reformation for me as well as in i looked at the cross and i thought this is jesus on the cross there he is dying for my sins and this is um i have hope of salvation because of what i see there and that's true 
But that's not all that's going on there. In fact, it may be just one very narrow facet. Because if you look at the beginning of John 1, it says, again, you know, the word became flesh. Mm. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. And it also says that through him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. So this is the word who was God who speaks um, and who through whom all things were created, without whom nothing that was created was created. So he's the creator mm. stepping in as redeemer. What does, that, what does that imply? John 1 implies that he is redeeming creation. Mm. Yeah, This is the redemption of creation. This is the undoing of what happened in the Garden of Eden, whatever the historicity of that as a separate matter, the, 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 the whatever entered the earth there is reversed by Jesus here. He took that which was written against us and he cancelled it. Yeah. And he made a display of those enemies. So at the cross, everything that's against humanity, everything that's against creation, everything that's against every individual man, woman, child, uh, in, in, in Ezekiel, I think it's Ezekiel, it's talking about the prince of tyrants, um, says you pounded the nations furiously with your blows. It's an image of Satan just pounding. And you look at humanity, it has been pounded. Yeah. Um, Paul Simon says, um, he says, I don't know a soul that's not been battered. Hmm. I don't know, I don't have a friend that feels at ease. I don't know... Um, so a soul that's not been shattered and driven to its knees, <laughs> but it's all right. It's all right. It's from the American dream song. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's humanity. And Jesus comes in at the cross and he puts yeah. the ax to all of that. And we have the redemption yeah. of creation. And just the last thing says, you know, uh, Paul says all creation longs for the revealing of the sons, sons of, of God. God. Yeah. So this isn't a universalism because we know you can, there are consequences and you can put yourself beyond the grace of God. But, what God is doing in the earth is so much bigger and we have to look through a kingdom yeah. mindset. And I think that that was the one of the other big theological changes for me was 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 the the widening of redemption. Yeah. And, and the importance of that. So just to wrap up, right? So just, so part of the kingdom mentality, because these things are linked for me in, in, in because of these theological changes that I had, to be honest. So these these things are linked linked link to me the 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 attitude of the kingdom is redemptive you're yeah. always looking how do we, how how does god want to redeem this yes right how how does god want to redeem it so 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 i, I just that's probably another podcast to be honest at some point for us to look at that whole the re, how do we develop a redemptive mm. mindset because i think most most of us don't have a redemptive mindset mm. We have the opposite to that. We have a judgmental mindset, almost. You know, we. Um, but uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is is that I, I just want to make it clear here that we're not saying we don't need church. We're not saying that church is wrong. We're, we're not saying that you can be without church. As I said earlier in the podcast, right? Without community, you do not represent God. Yeah. That's that because that's the reality. You cannot leave. A, yeah. I, I want to just say this: you cannot live alone. No, um, you know there might be circumstances where you have to live alone, mm. but you ca if you have the opportunity, you should always be in community mm. because that brings glory to God because it represents who He is. Yes. Yep. So, so as we close up the this this particular podcast, mm -hmm. right? We just want to say. The kingdom is all about how do we develop a redemptive mindset and help, not help, but how do we um, work with God to bring redemption? Yes. And yeah. that re part of that redemption is actually having communities that really reflect who God is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and realizing that we can't live alone. You know, I, I'm going to get into trouble for this one. But, you know, that, <laughs> that, there's that, that statement that people often quote to me. They yeah. say, I just play to an audience of one. Mm. Well, I'm sorry if you're doing that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in sin and you need to repent. <laughs> Turn it like it is. <laughs> because, and they want to wait to finish a podcast, yeah, right? <laughs> please, 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 please come next time. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but, but the reason I'm saying that yeah. is, is that because, um, one, it's at least an audience of three, mm. right? Mm. 
And actually, if it's just you, God is saying, where's everybody else? This is not good. Because yeah. he will look on your individualism in the same way as he looked upon Adam before Eve was created. Yeah. And he will say, this is not good. Yeah. And every time you act in an individual way, God says, this is not good. Uh, so, That's very so, good. so we need to we in community. So it's, it's, we, when we're talking about this stuff, we're, we're not talking about not being in community. We're talking about really finding real faith community that brings the kingdom. That has a redemptive mindset, so that's kind of where we are. Let me let me add to that. I would say, look, I believe we will always have what we recognise as the as church, and it will look different in different places and so on. If you're called to it, then then that's where God's called you to be. You mustn't be elsewhere doing something else, because the kingdom is to find out what He's saying and do it. Therefore, you need to do it. But what we're saying is let's bring different tools that allow us to see this differently and see how it all fits together differently. Yeah. And so we need to honor yeah. those who are called yeah. to the church to serve the church and pay the price of laying down their lives to see people shepherded and all that sort of taught and yeah. labor in that space. This is not to dishonor that. No. It's, it's, to, it's to try and, you know, ask some difficult questions to find God. Yeah. In the midst of it. In it, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. And look, we're also saying here, we see in part and we understand in part. So this podcast, by definition, is not the not the gospel. Yeah. It is not the fullness. Yeah. It is an exploration of new of questions. And there may, <laughs> there may be some bits that help you, and if there are, brilliant, use it. If there aren't, um, leave it. Leave it, bin it. Because coming back to testing and weighing stuff, you know, in Thessalonians 5, it says, um, test all things. That's all things, not just prophecy, yeah. by the way. <laughs> test all things. Keep what is good and get rid of what is evil. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, you know, if there are some evil things here that you feel, just get rid of them. That's fine. Yeah. We yeah. don't think. But we want to finish with this. Find out what the king is saying and do, do it. it. So, Ian, in the last series, we did this thing at the end of our podcast where we asked what each other was into. And some of that went well and some of it not so well. And some people liked it, some people didn't. So we thought we'd freshen it this series and cover something new. We're going to talk about things that have inspired us. So, Ian, what's been inspiring you? Like a book, a person, a movie? What's inspiring you? Okay, so this week uh, I was watching a... A program like a magazine program that we have in the UK called uh, the One Show, and they do this thing where they uh, the big thank you they call it. Right. They somebody from the public writes in and says we want to say be a big thank you to this person for this reason. Yeah. So this week um, there was a lady that they were saying the big thank you to called Trish Moorhead, mm. who runs a um, uh, a charity called uh, Ashton Academy. Uh, and I think the thing that inspired me is all, insp- you know, it's very inspirational. It's quite, I, you know, I end up crying at the end because that's normally what happens for <laughs> me anyway. Uh, but um, but the thing that inspired me, I think, was the fact that she started this academy. It's named after a daughter who who committed suicide wow. in her teens. And she she, I think what inspired me was the redemptive aspect of that, you know, something that could destroy your life. Yeah. She decided that she was going to turn that around. And rather than destroying her life, she was going to use it as a catalyst to help other teens. That's incredible. Find their own identity and their purpose and stuff. So that was really, just really inspiring, you know, just to take things that happen in your life Mm. and turn them around to do good. I, I just love that. Wow. So it's great. Ridiculous you are, like it. Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?